You are listening to Peterborough Politics Podcast, aka PTBO Polypod. If you want to hashtag us on Twitter, we don't have music yet, but you know what we do have? We have a great, fantastic live audience because we record this show live on twitch.tv. So if you're in chat with us right now, please say hi. And uh, we thank you so much for being here. Peterborough Politics Podcast is hosted by myself, Danny Taro, and Sebastian. Sebastian, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Sebastian Johnston Lindsay. <clears throat> Excuse me, my goodness, we're off to a rip and start here on my end. Uh, Sebastian Johnston Lindsay, coordinating editor of Arthur Newspaper in Peterborough. That's right. And we would like to thank our sponsor of the show, which is Arthur, Arthur Newspaper, which is the student newspaper affiliated with Trent University. They are the official, official sponsor of the show because they are also the employer of both of us hosting this show. Um, myself as the the web designer and and newspaper designer, crossword maker. What it, basically whatever needs to get done and nobody knows how to do, that's kind of my job over at the Arthur. That's that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. We depend on you for a lot of uh different things that uh we can't <laughs> we, we just can't figure out. And uh we always know that you you'll find an answer for us. Yeah. And uh, you know what? We have we have so much to talk about today. Um, yes, we you do. know, even though, as Sebastian says, politics is a slow moving train. Uh, we are we're dedicated to to riding the train because, you know, we believe in tra- public transportation over here on this podcast. Um, Absolutely. And we might even have a little bit of drama. I don't know that. But we, if we do talk about drama on this show, it's always going to be saved for the end. So if you're here for the drama. That means you have to listen all the way to the end. Um, but before we get into anything, I think it's important to acknowledge um, the legacy of Jack Doris, who is the former former mayor of Peterborough and and a former councillor as well. So Jack Doris passed away on Saturday, March 4th at the age of 92. So rest in peace, Jack Doris. Thank you for your time as a, a public servant. Um, I'm not someone who's personally familiar with Jack Doris that he served um, as mayor and as councillor um, before I ever uh, moved to Peterborough. But um, maybe it's something that you heard about at the most recent city council meeting, Sebastian? Yeah, so the meeting started off with uh, with a tribute to, to Jack Doris given by uh, Mayor Jeff Leal. And um, Mayor Leal, um, from 1984 until around 2003, when he was elected to provincial politics um, as a liberal member of provincial parliament, uh, served alongside Jack Doris. Jack Doris served on council um, basically from 1967 until uh, with some odd uh, odd breaks uh, within that time frame until his retirement in 2014. So a very long career. Um, he was mayor uh, from 92 until 97 um and uh yeah just a fairly from everything i've heard from from people just a he 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 was also in politics before i moved here uh so i never i never got to meet him or i was never i was never around um however just a very long and uh from all intents from all from everything that everyone said a very um a very a good long and uh very well respected uh career in politics yeah so Right. And I guess maybe now being a kind of like younger generation of politicos here, um, maybe the fact that we've never heard of 
him is a good thing for his legacy because we tend to only hear about bad stuff when it comes to political legacies. That's probably true. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting because I mean, I don't know how many how many people would be able to talk about like a lot of mayors unless it's like um, Rob Ford in Toronto, right? Across like across Canada, I mean, or um, uh, Hazel McCallion or like these sorts of like very storied names, right? So it, it could be that uh, we could look at it like that. I mean, sixty seven to um, twenty fourteen is a, is a that's a long time to be in politics, right? So a lot of a lot of opportunities to mess up, and ostensibly he didn't uh, didn't make too many headlines. At least I haven't done I haven't done too much digging, but um, yeah, no, from from everything I've heard, uh, he was also a very big softball player. And okay, uh, yeah, his uh, his, <laughs> his nick his nickname was Lefty, which I found very interesting as a as a massive baseball fan. I always like to hear about other people's interests in uh, okay in sports so... in sports and stuff. But just to confirm, like, was he a lefty on on the field or in in city council or as the mayor? Was he a lefty? That's what I really want to know. I can't. I, I I don't know. I don't know enough about him. Um, I wish I did. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and figure it out. Although, um, I get the sense that he was he was very much a mentor for um for for Jeff Leal. And um, if Jeff Leal is any indication of the kind of mentorship that he may have received from the 80s to the early 2000s on council, then uh. You know, Leo was a li- was a liberal MPP, right? So that's right. Yes. Um, and I guess you know, since we are we are uh not in the know here, if you are if you are in the audience, and you feel like hey, maybe you do know something that you would like to share with us about Jack Doris, please do so in the comments, or you know, you can reach out to us personally, uh, maybe to give us a little more information. Um. He was a mayor for 45 years. So he basically was like a career politician. Um, and, yeah. and, and some people, when they heard about his death, maybe said, wow, that, that's too long of a time to be in, in to hold office, maybe. Um, and there is, has been some conversation about like term limits. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, what, what is your opinion about term limits? Yeah, it can go one way or the other, right? Because like everyone, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I have a great answer on this. I mean, I feel like it, it should be something that's that's allowed. And I mean, he only served one term as mayor, right? But he was a councillor for, um, aside from that one term, and then some years after that, he he served in, a, I believe, Monaghan Ward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, off and on uh, for that time period, term limits are are, are a great idea. I feel like it should be, it should probably be something that to to look at within uh, within politics. I mean, I've read some things about like, I mean, Hazel McCallion served for like, I believe it was like almost like some obscene, obscene number of terms. I don't know the exact number, but for over like forty years as mayor um, of of Mississauga. And uh, when you consider how many other people could have had the opportunity and the number of times that she ran unopposed, um, it speaks to kind of like a an apathy regarding regarding politics like people just don't really see the opportunity like if the same person keeps running over and over again like how are you ever going to like beat them right so if they're not allowed to run that would open the door for more people to get in uh get in so i mean it's an interesting it's an interesting topic you know um yeah yeah it sounds like something that would that would be good yeah maybe i i know i believe like diane Tyrion was uh someone who believed in that 
Um, yes, very strongly. And then, you know, she kind of put her own limits on herself as well, which, you know, fair enough. Uh, some people in chat are saying that Jack Doris was a very old guard Peterborough, not a modern expletive conservative, but not a progressive either. Um, another person is saying that he was with the city for 45 years, representing Monaghan Ward for 39 years and serving as mayor for another six years. So thank you so much, chat, for your contributions. Um, it's always great to to feel as though we're producing this as, you know, part of a community. We We can't always have the answers to everything. So thank you. Um, mm -hmm. last week we left off with the question, um, why do certain counselors get to be part of the hiring committee for the new chief administrative officer? I was wondering if you had a chance to look into this or maybe if, if we don't know why they get to be like, has there been any, uh, developments on the story of finding a new, uh, CAO? Yeah, so this didn't come up too much at at council this week. This was just um, approved at, at a previous council meeting. Um, as to the reason why, uh, sorry, as to the reason why certain councillors get to sit on it, I think it, it um, council is uh, you know creates committees um, like all the time, right? Um, to to deal with certain things, and I, I I'm I'm guessing if my 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 best guess is that these are just the people who. Um, council felt would best um, represent them within this committee. Um, that's to say, like, once someone is um, hired, I would imagine that the entirety of council would have to approve approve it. This is just the the committee to oversee the hiring um, or, or the interviews, right? So, for okay. example, when um, the, city, the city recently went through the process of, um, uh, um, and full disclosure, like I'm on the Arts and Cult Culture Advisory Committee, um, so when they were going and doing doing that process and seeking uh, citizen appointments for the to, for those committees, it wasn't the entirety of council. It was a select number of them. So these are the kinds of things that are just kind of going on an ongoing basis. Um, yeah, I didn't have a chance to. Uh, there's been a lot um, happening and a lot of stuff was erupting in the middle of um, in the middle of council that kind of took my attention away. Um, from fair, that's of it. fair. One and of the, I mean, just to catch people up, um, the. Hiring panel consists of Mayor Jeff Leal, alongside mm -hmm. councillors Kevin Duguay, Leslie Parnell, Andrew Beamer, and Gary Baldwin. So it will be those, is that five, six, um, that get to choose? That's five. Um, and there's also the Phelps group, um, which is going to find the potential candidates. So they've like they've outsourced this to to a a group as well who is going to find these these candidates and be part of the interview process. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that Town Ward isn't um represented in that. I'm just It is a bit interesting. I wish the progressive councilors um um Alex Bierk and Joy Lachica were a part of this um yeah. panel yeah. as well um and it does concern me however that um you know the panel has said that the the chief administrative officer has to be progressive yeah yeah so it's 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 a very interesting um dichotomy there especially because you have both duguay and parnell on it right right the so people two, who are two ward mates staunchly um, um also not progressives yeah in, uh, at least also, socially also yeah. Yeah. And uh, kind of, um, I mean, both autonomy ward um, counselors as well. Right. So there's there's yes. two autonomy and, and, and zero town. But that's I don't know. 
it's interesting. It's something to, it's something to follow um, for, for sure. And I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating that a lot of this will be happening um, behind closed doors and closed session um, or at alternative uh, meetings of the committee as well. So it's not as if it's going to be um, a very public thing until the hiring is kind of at its end, right? And it comes forward for council approval. And at that time, things might get very interesting. Right, right. Yeah, that could be interesting. I guess, um, you know, it is a lot of power and responsibility for someone who is not democratically elected in the same way that our, our own councillors are. I mean, there you could argue mm-hmm. that, well, we've democratically elected the councillors and they are choosing this person. But I mean, um, we know that um, the previous person holding this position, Sandra Clancy, um, mm-hmm. held the held on to the position for like as long as they really could. Um, this is a job that will probably last longer than several um, counselorships, um, uh, council terms, right? Um, they're saying like at least probably ten years, and um, yeah, it it's it's kind of wild that they get to choose this. They are saying that this person is going to focus on housing and homelessness as a key priority and uh, having lands available for employers as well as dealing with the ongoing shortages of, of family do- doctors as well. So, I mean, the, the, it is really like all the responsibility of council does get placed on this kind of one person. And and we do hope that if their job one of their responsibilities is to find housing and homelessness we do hope that they have different priorities than our previous cao uh sandra clancy yeah absolutely i mean she served since um 2018 in this position but she's been a, a, an employee of the city of peterborough since 1985 um oh my so she's held a variety of different positions yeah yeah so almost 40 years um within the city of peterborough but only the last uh almost five years in, in the in the top role but uh, presumably this person um, will be in this role for longer than five years moving forward when they are hired. Um, although it's going to be a rather senior person, right? Because this is like the, the top administrative position in the entire city and the only uh, uh, employee of council, really, right? So it'll be very interesting to see how this how this moves forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is going to set the tone for Peterborough in a way for as you say, at least five years, possibly even longer, you know, it, it almost like depends on how old the person is that they, <laughs> that they hire, like, cause you'll, they will probably retire at this position, you know, like, so that yeah. might yeah. influence how long um, they are, they are here. Yeah. There's really no, nowhere else to go um, in terms of like up the hierarchy of the city um, from this position. And so the only place that they would go is to another city. Right, <laughs> it's the only option for career advancement within this, within this. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, this person is someone who's going to get paid. Um, geez, what is it like? Eight times what a city councilor is going to make as well. Uh, at least, yeah. There's some. There's been a lot of discourse surrounding the amount of money that Sandra Clancy was paid. I believe in 2021 is the year that gave most people, um, a lot of, um. A lot of cause for concern, if you will. Um, yeah, upwards of two hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, absolute wild, absolutely wild. Yeah. Like, especially compared to a a democratically elected official. Like, it's it's wild to me that you would even make less than a hundred thousand 
as a city councilor, but they make uh, like less than thirty thousand. And it yeah, is I think considered... it's like thirty thirty two thousand dollars a year as a part time oh, position. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. As a part time position, probably less than thirty thousand after taxes is maybe what yeah. I yeah yeah that's a good point. What I heard, yeah. Um. So yeah, absolutely, a wild discrepancy there. Um. And personally, I would love there to be more incentive for for people who cannot afford to be a city councilor. Um. Maybe aim for that position. Yeah, I mean, that's another huge conversation. And I, I know in discussions with uh, specifically Stephen Wright and uh, uh, during his mayoral uh, candidacy and uh, Diane Tarion, yeah, definite proponents of of um, paying councillors a little bit more because right now it's for most, for, for people on council, this is, you know, considered a, a, a side hustle almost, right? Um, yeah. It's it's people who can afford to um, to do this position for very little money. Right. right. And it's a very important position as well. Right. And I'm not saying to discount like the work of the counselors, like they, they are there um, at all the meetings. Right. And they are earning it. But it is um, it would be it would be good to see them actually be able to treat it like a like a full time elected position. Yeah. Yeah. You hear yeah. a lot of uh, about a lot of side hustles in this day and age. You don't hear many of them being making laws <laughs> mm-hmm. as as a side hustle. That's that's pretty ridiculous yeah 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 no it's it's kind of uh it's it, it's an interesting conversation right because we would like to um yeah we'd like we would like to have people who um are, are in it for for what they actually to actually affect change rather than maintain the status quo and to um you know kind of um and it, and to come from different backgrounds, right? Come from different economic and social backgrounds. Because um, yeah. taking taking a look around the council table, it's it's not exactly the case at the moment. But, not exactly the case, no. There's yeah. some serious need in uh, some BEI training, to say the least. Um, and, yeah. you know, in, in our past uh, iteration of council, it seems like we were very lucky to have, like, right. you know, um, yep. more people of color, more as part of council and i've heard stories of even people moved to peterborough because they thought it was this progressive place and then yeah this uh more recent iteration of council is not exactly uh the case yeah no it's kind of swung back the other direction uh for sure um you know at one point diane tarian was very um very proud of the fact that she was leading um what what she deemed uh, like the the most uh, diverse council in Ontario, right? And mm-hmm. I think uh, like statistically speaking, that that was the case, right? Also, um, a lot of younger people on that council as well, right? Di- That's right. Dietarian included, right? Um, uh, yeah. And now we, we've we've swung right back. Swung right uh, back to like the way Peterborough has kind of always been. Yes. Um, we got yeah. uh, got like a old white man as our mayor. <laughs> And, um, you know, it wasn't until, I guess, 1986 when Sylvia Sutherland uh, became the first elected female mayor in Peterborough. They were uh, usurped. And I mean, not usurped, but, you know, I'm, spe- I'm speaking matter of factly by by <laughs> yeah. by uh, Jack Doris. Yes. And then Jack Doris, yep. uh, R.I.P., um, had to step away in 1997. And Sylvia Sutherland again became became the mayor um the second female mayor 
her, herself also being the first <laughs> and um yeah. diane Tyrion being the 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 real second uh woman yes. mayor of peterborough so yeah. and now and in in that time we also had paul ayote ayote um daryl bennett and now we have jeff leal so crazy to think that jack doris was now like five five mayorships back ago yeah yeah. yeah, it's wild. Um, he was he was elected mayor before I was born. So, <laughs> oh wow, yes. Yeah. I forget you're still you're still a baby, really. I'm, yeah, I guess I'm the. I mean, and and we would both <laughs> be considered babies, um, if we were to be elected to city council. We would, yeah. I mean, I'm the same age as uh Diane was when she Diane Tarian. Okay. Speaking so informally about about um, uh, yeah, former mayor Diane Tarian. Um. That's right. Say the full title. Put some respect on the name. Yeah. Come on. Former mayor, her worship, Diane Tarion. <laughs> um, uh, she'd like that, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm the same age as she was when she was elected uh, to council for the first time. So I don't know what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> well, people in uh, chat are saying, please run. <laughs> please run. We'll yeah. see. Maybe, maybe I'll make a run and uh, I'll have to, I'll have to consult, consult some people um well we got your team right uh, here you got me you got chat what else do you need i'd have to get another uh yeah i'll have to wait a little while for an official announcement but uh it's yeah. um that would be kind of interesting i'd have to find another side hustle because i don't know i think it actually pays less than than arthur oh so, my goodness wow yeah that so is, that's uh i guess you not, could, and i'm not i'm not raking it in that's right like I have to, yeah i have to have a second job to work for arthur so you know right and yeah. uh you know, you probably couldn't do both. Be the no. editor of a newspaper and a city councilor. That might be a little bit conflicted. It might be, but you know, bit. it's Peterborough Council. Then, then again, would, we have they... a we we have an <laughs> we have we have someone on there who's who's actively um like the a, a private uh, consultant for for planning and development. So yeah, exactly. Would it even matter? I don't I don't think so. Does anything matter anymore, Danny? I mean. <laughs> That's my yeah, well, that's my overarching question. That's the mood of the week. Does anything actually matter? Speaking of things that might not matter anymore, um, mm -hmm. what about vac vaccines? Yeah, this this is an interesting uh, thing, and I love it when you pulled up the like the full report, <laughs> the document. You're like Sebastian expects me to read all this. <laughs> I'm kidding. I did. Um, I ended up reading it. You know. Come I know. On. I know. Well, they're, they're nicely laid out because they have the, the recommendation and then they have all the gobbledygook beyond, behind that. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this, this didn't really cause a, a lot of, um, I mean, the, the, the motion to rescind the, the vaccine policy was, uh, was adopted by uh, the general committee and on March 27th, it'll be uh, voted on again. And I imagine it'll um, kind of go through uh, to rescind this. The one thing that was of note in this um, on this was uh, you know, Keith Riel. There wasn't a lot of questions that surrounded it. Um, Keith, Councillor Keith Riel, um, just kind of asked, like, have to asked uh, the city staff who were in attendance, um, has anyone been terminated as a result of this? And uh, Richard Friedman, the Commissioner of Legislative and Corporate Services, basically said, nope. And that was the entirety of his answer. And that seemed to satisfy everybody. Um, and uh, yeah, so more or less, council is in favor of uh, rescinding the vaccine. Vaccine okay. mandates. So yeah. yeah, there was a there was a policy around COVID that you should keep your workplace mm -hmm. as safe as possible, which included preventing people from spreading 
novel viruses um, and being up to date on their vaccines. Um, and now they've, they've taken that back. Yeah. You no longer need to be vaccinated. And now this is the work for the city or this is across the city. I believe this is um, specifically to do with um, the city itself. So the, the corporation okay. of like to work at the city proper. Right. Um, I don't know if um, the city would have the authority to necessarily put that on other, other businesses. Right. Um, right. I think that would probably be a provincial um, mandate at that, at that, in that respect. Yeah. We um, would probably see some, some rallies if that was the case. Oh wait, we already did over just yeah, nothing. Every, <laughs> every Saturday at Confederation <laughs> Park. That's right. Um, I can hear them from my window. Um, but yeah, so more or less just saying that um, new hires will no longer be required to prove to provide proof of um, vaccination and uh, the unvaccinated employees at the city won't have to um, do rapid antigen testing anymore. Um, this okay. there was a, so there was some discussion about the fact that, uh, you know, the city of Peterborough has been following um, guidelines coming from the federal and provincial governments. And that this is more or less in um, response to um, the direction that they're they're going so yeah it's it's an interesting little thing i mean i dare say yeah. that i mean covid's not over um but covid's yeah. not over you know i guess i have mixed feelings about this at this in the pan pandemic i'm someone who's gotten all my vaccines uh you know i think i'm at like five yeah. now yeah. um and I, I i still wear a mask when i'm out there in public um you know, I think at this point, every just about everyone has either had the vaccine or had the virus, and um, the virus or both, in, or both, yeah. And yeah. you know, so they, there is like some level of protection. We have we've never reached that elusive herd immunity that uh, everyone thought was going to be a thing. But um, you know, it's the important thing to me is masking. And whether you want to get, vi uh, sorry, if you want to get vaccinated or get the virus or not, um, you know, uh, I think the important thing is to mask. And they're probably not doing that either because kind of like everybody has abandoned um, COVID precautions at this point, except for uh, myself, <laughs> I guess, and, and the people I know. And, you know, but it's a very, we, we are definitely the minority. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still a delicate topic to talk about, right? Because I, I, yeah, I mean, there are people who attend every council meeting who, uh, you know, are you know rampant anti-vaxxers, and they, they just kind of sit there, and uh, I didn't actually see if they were in the room when this was rescinded or rescinded in principle, right? Because it hasn't officially been um, approved by council proper, but um, yeah, they were very silent. I'm sure they're happy though. That's like a, I mean. The way that they try, historically, I feel like the way that people and specific, specifically like conservative politicians, whenever a, a government tries to uh, or rescinds a, a COVID policy, they act like it's some big policy win for them and like in the name of freedom, right? But it, yeah, it, it it tends to be like a, a something that's been informed and um, looked over by public health officials, and uh, they're not acting out of like allegiance to anti-vax protesters. But it's an interesting yeah. little point, yeah. Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't say this is like a victory for the anti-vaxxers, but it would be shocking if they hired a new chief 
um, administrative officer who was an anti-vaxxer as a result of this. <laughs> but I, I really don't. <laughs> maybe think... they maybe they have someone in mind. Maybe they have yeah, someone in mind. Right. Oh no, we we can't hire this person because they're they're a noted uh, noted anti-vax. Uh, That's right. Protest. Maybe this is all just part I of that not. process. You know, they're wow. just opening. They're See, opening the gates there. See now, <laughs> removing the red tape. Yeah, removing the red tape to hire uh, the prospective anti-vax uh, CAO of Peterborough. Yeah, yep. this is this is wild conjecture. <laughs> this is uh, yes, completely, completely baseless, but very fun to speculate about. Yes, you know, we're just follow follow on the tracks, you know. <laughs> that that's right. That's right. Um, all Probably right. Fun. So, <laughs> yeah, we you know we're trying to make it interesting here, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. if it happens. People heard it here first, if it happens, right? That's right. Even though we are yeah. just joking, we said yes. you heard it here first. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, let's talk about Bill 5. Um, now, there was a motion for Bill 5, which is the Stopping Harassment and Abuse by Local Leaders Act. Um, yes. So this is... a. The, the, the idea is that it will propose important measures to prevent and address harassment and abuse by local leaders in the workplace, including creating a process for removing leaders from office in cases of egregious acts. Now, when I first heard about this, I thought it was to stop harassment against local leaders because we know mm. that they have faced a lot of harassment in the wake of like COVID-19 and, and, you know, go home uh, F wads and all of that, you know? Um, right. And that was a response to harassment, but this is, this is actually about local leaders being the harassers. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And that's what makes it kind of interesting. Um, it's uh, so this again was put forward by um, town ward councilor, Alex Burke. Um, and it's kind of in line with what certain other um councils across um, Ontario have done, specifically Sault Ste. Marie, Barrie, and I believe Aurelia. Um, uh, so this is a private member's bill, meaning that someone not from the government is sponsoring it, the Ontario government. So MPP uh, Stephen Blade, um, who's an Ottawa area uh, MPP um, and former Ottawa councillor. And this is what's kind of informing his uh, his uh, coming forward with this is his experience on Ottawa City Council when um, Councillor uh, Rick Shirelli um, went through a massive um, sort of harassment uh, suit, and there was really nothing that the council could do about it to remove him from office, right? The worst that they could do is uh, suspend him without pay for three months, right? And so this this bill is really directed at um, holding elected leaders accountable when uh, credible allegations of harassment uh, come forward against them and being able to actually remove them from office. But then the, the legislation also um, suggest amendments to um, the Municipal Act and uh, City of Toronto Act, I believe. Uh, so two pieces of provincial legislation um, that would allow them to not only remove um, these people from office, um, but also um, uh, bar them from running in subsequent elections, which is pretty pretty good reason i mean as if people need a reason not to harass people but um <laughs> i guess some pretty, people pretty do strict penalties i guess some people really really do and this um th on the discussion around this uh uh kevin de uh, uh autonomy ward counselor uh, kevin de um 
spoke to the fact that when he he'd first come across this, he he was probably leaning more towards like suggesting a deferral on the motion. So we've talked about uh, deferrals on the on the on the show before, right? But the idea of um, not passing and not uh, um, and not defeating the motion, but just like pushing it down the road until more information comes forward. Um, uh, but after he started reading about like the support this was this was getting from other municipalities, he was he had his mind kind of kind of turned. So I mean, there's that was an interesting hmm. um, thing for him to for him to come forward and say. And uh, you know he he spoke to the importance of it um, um, from the point of view of uh, wanting to. He he kind of had a had a had a twist in in his words at the end. He 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 sort of said like uh, I'm in support of this, but I want to prove I want to prove the fact that it's not necessary. He's like, I support having this in place, but I think that we should all aspire to never have it be needed, right? So he said, thinks it's needed, but he wants to prove to people that it shouldn't be needed, right? Because people should just not be harassing people at work um, to the point where um, code of conduct investigations at the provincial level are being launched and launched against uh, elected municipal officials. So um, again, Alex Burke getting things done. Alex Berg getting <laughs> things done, a theme that we as, have. Yeah, as he tends to do. Here in Peterborough. Uh, um, what, do yeah. you think there was anyone who was like, started sweating? <laughs> They're like, oh no. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Sandra Clancy's uh, uh, body language uh, kind of was interesting during this. Um, she, of course, there's been some some background and like in the examiner article, the initial examiner article that uh, concerned uh uh, the motion coming forward. So um, uh, city council agendas are released about a, uh, usually on Wednesday or Thursday before the Monday Monday meeting. Um, so uh, Joelle Kovach, our, our friend Joelle at the Examiner, she wrote uh, she wrote a piece about um, about sort of the context out of which this is arising and possible connections to uh, Peterborough. Also putting in context of like why Stephen Blaze is the one coming forward for this um, at the provincial level. Um, but of course, um, Diane Terrian and uh, Sandra Clancy's uh, relationship was rather strained near the end of uh, uh, Mayor Terrian's term. So, um, yeah, uh, it, 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 it was an interesting thing to kind of put in this. And I think Joelle did mention the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Mayor Terrian was, was found to not have breached any code of conduct um, concerns. However, there was um, an investigation launched in terms that could have the, the, the kind of uh, investigation that could have resulted in removal from office did transpire in Peterborough as recently as like 2022. So um, within the context of that, it's, it's interesting. However, um, Alex Burke is very adamant. Um, you know, he's, he's tweeted about this, but he's also told me in conversation, like it's, this isn't about any previous council. This isn't about Peterborough council. This is about um, supporting provincial legislation and uh, municipalities across the province. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it seems like the examiner still kind of might have a bit of a hate on for Diane Tyrion. Is that also something that's happening? Hate on, maybe. I mean, it's uh I I, I don't want to put too in it I, I feel like it's it, like the, the reason it was included in this article um and uh was not to it was it was to draw attention to the fact that similar issues have happened in Peterborough, and it was right. clear about the fact that um, it it did not um, result in Diane Terrian being found um, in contravention of anything. 
um, this the 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 animosity between uh, um, former Mayor Dianterian and uh, Sandra Clancy, the CAO, is um, is rooted in some comments made around uh, the implementation of a housing plan. Uh, Mayor Tarian felt that it wasn't being implemented fast enough, and then there was some correspondence between Dianterian and other councillors, which read in a certain context could suggest that Dianterian was um, putting a little bit of public pressure on um, Sandra Clancy to retire before she was ready to. So Sandra Clancy is going to retire in the next uh, couple months. Um, however, there was a possibility it could have been last year. Right. So and, and, kind of... and that report, I think, about, about housing and homelessness, if I remember correctly, um, Sandra Clancy admitted also that it sat on her desk for quite some time. Yes. Yeah. So it, com it comes down to um, the priorities of council and uh, Diane Terrian would, would always talk about like, this isn't a personal attack on Sandra. This is like, I have concerns about the way that council's um, uh, uh, priorities are being implemented. And, uh, you know, I have questions about the, the speed at which it is. And uh, yeah, this was uh, deemed a, a, a difficult conversation between the two of them. And uh, Sandra Clancy felt that it was harassing behavior. Um, and that she was pressuring her out of her job. Uh, right. And I mean, it, it must be tough. I do sympathize with uh, Diane Tyrion um, because all the pressure is on you to, to yeah. get things done. And yeah. uh, when the sole employee of council um, is not, let's just say, let's just say you have a, a troublesome working relationship with the, the sole employee of council and um, they're, it it would make it very hard um to get things done and and i think anyone would find that challenging um to be in that position yeah yeah no absolutely um it's important to note too that these all of these legal um questions and the reports that came out of them um like cost the city like upwards of $80,000 um right so that's another interesting little little tidbit as well it's not it's not cheap to bring forward these harassment um, allegations and the investigations associated with them, right? And there were multiple um, investigations concerning different aspects of this as well. Um, so, right, yeah, it cost uh, us a lot of money to have just what is basically a workplace um, issue. Um, yeah, yeah, and I mean it. It it does kind of also highlight how important this position is of uh, chief administrative officer. Um, and how much kind of power they have over council as well. Like, um, I don't, I don't know. Are, do you know, like, are you, are, is council able to just be like, Hey, you know what? You're fired. Or like, was there a reason that they had to force, try to force Sandra Clancy to retire early? Like, or was it just like a, a decorum thing? Yeah. So, um, I don't think that they have the power I'm not I'm not certain, but I, I would be surprised if they had the exclusive power to dismiss. Okay. Um, I think it would have to be a pretty serious reason. Although I see if they have the capacity to hire, then maybe they do. I'd have to I'd have to um follow up and, and see that, see if that is the case. But I, I would imagine it would have to be a pretty um intense reason. Um and in terms of like the 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 issues arose out of like what out of like what most um things come out of is just a lot of like kind of miscommunication um from my understanding of it that uh you know it was noted that sandra clancy was intending on retiring soon and so 
um, but she was not forthcoming with a date. And so this added to the concerns of uh, of Meritarian when she was in office saying like, well, if you're going to retire, let us know because we need to plan for that. And this was kind of construed to the point where it was uh, uh, I see. I blown see. up into almost Sandra Clancy feeling like she was being pressured to retire. However, she herself had mentioned that she intended to retire, uh, but had not <laughs> had not come forward with a date. Oh, so, God. Like, yeah, it's like a, a game of broken telephone. And I mean, all of this was happening at a time when council wasn't meeting in person. And so everything was happening via Zoom calls. And, uh, you know, things get messy, okay. you know, you know, it's things get really messy when you can't like just talk to people face to face. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Interesting. interesting. It was it was an interesting little uh, Peterborough drama. And yeah, sad yes. that it cost us all so much money. Um, would have yeah. rather seen that eighty thousand dollars go to the, the 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 thing that was left on Sandra Clancy's desk there, housing and homelessness. But uh, yeah, yeah, one would one would have preferred that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and uh, yeah. again, just to clarify, this like Bill Five um it had really nothing to do with that 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 incident, but it is potentially something that we might see affect a city councilor or a mayor in the future once it once it's like officially enacted yeah yeah exactly yeah so it's an interesting uh it's an interesting piece and i mean it's it's passed uh it's in second reading now in the in queen's park and so by the time a bill gets to that point um you know it has to pass third reading and receive royal assent so i mean it's 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 getting close which is kind of rare for a um i shouldn't say two it, it, it's less likely for a private member's bill uh to come forward um, like this and be so be successful so the fact that it's getting to this point means that it's in all likelihood going to pass um through the doug ford uh government and receive royal assent and immediately become wow. become law when it does um yeah it kind of uh it was it was it yeah it's been ongoing since since before the the previous uh uh provincial election as well in 2022 so um and uh it, it, jeff leo has an interesting point of view on this too because he he feels uh uh, being a former uh, provincial politician, right? He he understands the significance of uh, private members' bills, um, and like the way that they can kind of inform government policy, right? Um, moving forward, so he spoke to uh, his experience in uh, in, okay. in at, at Queens Park, um, and how how it's important for for governments to kind of take the concerns of uh, private members' bills seriously. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I it it sounds like a good thing. Um, yeah. I think yeah. if you uh, if you harass someone, then you probably don't have the the good enough sense to be in charge of uh, creating laws for people. It seems seems pretty obvious, and I guess it also does kind of highlight the potential for people to abuse their power as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah a victory. A victory hopefully on the horizon um yes. somebody in chat is saying now let's do that to cops <laughs> um you know that would be nice one one can only it would dream. be nice yeah yeah one can only dream um yeah. one other thing um it wasn't in our our docket here but um i did see that there are some potential uh developments uh about having more doctors in Peterborough? Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, one of the the recruiter in the area, um, uh, Kevin Kirkpatrick, uh, gave a a report to council, uh, or I mean general committee in the council chambers, um, uh, regarding uh, some of the strategies that he's been trying to implement. He's been on the job for about nine months now, and so it was just sort of a routine update in terms of uh, uh, where things are at. And so um, currently we have. Um, he went through some of some of the some of the main um, ways in which uh, he's attempting to kind of uh, attract more doctors to the area, saying, you know, we need about twenty more doctors, and uh, right now we have um, twelve uh, locums. So this is a new term that I was unaware of. So I guess when people graduate from medical school, a lot of a lot of people will choose to be what is referred to as a locum. So someone who is a doctor um, who can work but doesn't have a, have a practice and isn't nailed down to a specific practice within a certain area. And so they can kind of move around. Um, the problem with that, however, is that they don't actually reduce the burden or the, the wait list for family physicians, because they're just kind of a placeholder until they, until they move on. Right. So they, it doesn't affect oh. like the backlog of people who don't have a family physician. Um, and so some of the strategies that he was talking about included, um, attempting to bring back, uh, uh, Canadian citizens who had been trained um, at medical schools abroad. So specifically looking at uh, those who went to medical school in uh, the United States, United Kingdom, and Ireland, um, trying to bring them back to, to Canada and specifically to Peterborough. Um, and then he talked about a, a, another aspect of this is attracting international. So um, people who weren't born in Canada, but who were internationally trained physicians to Canada, right? Um, but then talking about the expense of that as well, right? Because you need to find someone who's going to basically, like a, a business, a practice who's going to sponsor them in addition to, uh, you know, the the funding that's needed to actually fund the, uh, uh, the, the practice itself as it gets started up, right? So all of the equipment and staffing and um, actual upgrades to the building that they're going to be in, right? right. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, right it's it's nice yeah. to even just hear that this is something that they're thinking about. You know, I know for so many of us, just have trouble finding a family doctor here in in Peterborough. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people are on that waiting list for what seems like forever. Um, and there might be no getting off that waiting list unless unless council kind of like steps up and does something. Yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't um. Within the budget, um, there was just there was approximately eighty thousand uh, dollars given to council to aid in the recruitment. So um, the things that uh, uh, Kevin Kirkpatrick needs to kind of carry out his work. Um, yeah, and uh, he seems to be uh, um, working working fairly hard in terms of like implementing like a tiered strategy towards it. Right, like ideally he would be attracting um, Canadian. Uh, residents to move yeah. here people who are graduating from canadian um, universities and medical programs in 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 canada to to come to peterborough um, he also talked about the fact that canada is just not training enough um, physicians um, here in canada um, to fill the to fill the need um, yeah. across the country and uh, this is kind of a, something that he talked about in terms of not only um, our national as a national issue within canada but also like a global issue um, because there just aren't enough um, resources or schools basically to train, to train the physicians that we need. And uh, this isn't just a Canadian issue either. It's a, it's a kind of a global issue. 
And so uh, he kind of used like it's, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of thing, right? Like if we're attracting international uh, physicians, then we're taking, we're adding to the, the stressors in that country, right? So it's a very, it's a very complex and ongoing issue. It sounds to me like one, one thing uh, Ontario and most provincial governments could do is uh, uh, allocate more funding to universities and uh, medical programs and uh, yeah. better support better support people who are going to medical school within uh, Canada and to allow for more people to attend. Um, but for to allow for more people to attend, they need to get more faculty and they need to get more resources within the schools themselves. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really a complex issue. issue. Yeah. yeah. Um I yeah. wish there was an easier way out. Um uh I guess some potentially good news is that they're they're opening up a walk-in clinic at the Walmart on Shamong. Um yes. that yeah. might improve some access to healthcare. I know it's always been so hard to go to the walk-in clinic at Peterborough because it's packed because there's definitely a demand here. Um, do you know anything about this uh, Walmart clinic? Uh, it was brought up a little bit um, at council. Um, yeah, I think they're finding they might have someone in the works in terms of uh, being able to attract a physician to that to that uh, that uh, location. Um, yeah, he's he's had a number of recent uh, um, we call site site visits um, from physicians as. Some some people from Toronto who are interested in moving to Peterborough, he he takes them around and shows them the possible places where a practice could be set up, um, in the area, and uh, that would be one of them. Is the is kind of the walk-in clinic there to have a resident okay. physician. There. I do hope that it's not a part of Walmart, but I mean, I guess I would take the W. You know, if we if that meant we could have a walk-in clinic. Um, or, so I'm saying there is no walk-in clinic at the moment. I thought there was one, um. At, at Lansdowne Mall. I've never been to it personally. Um, but but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not the case. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough never have to go to a walk-in clinic in Peterborough. So. Yeah, and then there's not, not, not even any... Sure. Right, and then there's not any uh, virtual clinics either because I believe they were shut down um, by the, the Ford government decided to defund them um, and yes. a lot of people lost lost their access to healthcare there as well. Um, yep, chat is saying that the one at Superstore closed because Buddy got his license suspended. Yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, um, it sounds like we really we really need some help here in Peterborough. And I wish, in my opinion, you know, they're building that damn Twin Pad Arena or whatever. Um, they're building hockey rinks, and then they're saying, "Hey, we need all the we." If, wouldn't it be nice if we had a place to where like doctors could work <laughs> yeah. and and to me i'm like oh why don't they not build that um another yeah. sports complex because we already have so many um and why don't we yeah. build like a medical facility that is you know really my my kind of hot take i i wish we were were allocating resources to one of the most important issues that we face and not uh, something that will inevitably just serve the 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 rich people who can afford to engage in in like sports, you know, especially sports that require a lot of uh, startup cash. I do have one friend who, um, uh, an indigenous person who says that Canadians are crazy because they want to swim in the winter and skate in summer, 
and they and they need to spend millions and millions of dollars in order to do so you know and it is it is yeah it's it's kind of just this wild wild notion that we need to we need to be engaged in these activities um off season um instead of focusing on what's really important which is like our health i guess that is all part of health and wellness but when they're when yeah. but when we are in the middle of this crisis um i wish more was being done yeah yeah it would it would be good i mean one of the things that they talked about too is the fact that uh, what makes peterborough um an interesting place to come or an attractive place to come for for physicians is the fact that we do have our we do have a hospital here and so we do have like um, for their purposes, like access to specialists to refer to, um, to refer their patients to. And so it's, but there could always be more, right? Like, and there should, there should be more. And uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Swimming yeah. and skating are, are of course part of uh, health and wellness. However, uh, yeah, it, it would be good if um, yeah, more doctors, but I mean, it's such a, it's a, it's a local issue, but it's also, like I said, an international issue, right? Like just not enough people are being trained as, as doctors, which is yeah not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, shout out to yeah. the PRHC as well. I mean, they took good care mm -hmm. of me when I was going through chemotherapy. So like, uh, you know, there is access to good care. Um, but we just we really just need like more more and more of it. We I don't I think we it's hard for us to even keep up uh at the levels that we are going. Um and and we need even more. There's there's plenty of people who who need access to a primary physician or a family health care team here. So, absolutely yeah 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 um okay we got about 10 minutes left one thing that i also is been grinding my gears um because i'm trying to find information every week so that we have something to talk about um is that access to the media surrounding peterborough politics is really difficult and you know what i i was feeling tired on at Monday at six o'clock and I and I tuned in late to the the live feed of City Hall and I didn't know what they were talking about and I just turned it on for a minute. Okay, I can't I can't do this right now. But you know what? I would mm -hmm. have listened to it later that night or the next afternoon and mm -hmm. and I'm not really able to do that. And I feel like that's really unfortunate. Not only that, but our our primary source of media here, our mainstream media um, the Examiner newspaper, which is owned by Metroland Media, yep. um, there are paywalled content. So yes. in, in, if I want to access all this information, um, at least in, in one form, uh, I have to pay in order in order to get it now. And it's, and it's kind of something that's been frustrating me as someone who's trying to be more informed and also inform others is that there's all these, these uh, barriers to access. Um, now, I know the good folks at Arthur newspaper do not have a paywall. And there no. are, are other great uh, sources like Peterborough Currents and Kawartha mm -hmm. Now who, who yes. do um, there. These are all independent kind of sources. Um, but I wonder if you'd also have any advice um, or if there's any way to maybe break down some of these barriers. Yeah. I mean, the main thing uh, that I would, I mean, Joel, Joel's Twitter is like, and I know that you were going through it earlier today, but it really is um, a really good source. I don't know how she does it and simultaneously writes the articles uh, that she does that yeah. night. Um, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have like Joel there. Cause I, I mean, like I said, I am very new to this. Right. 
And so she's kind of demonstrating um, how to kind of actively work and churn content content out i hate that word content but turn articles out right get, get the info i love that get word the, get the information <laughs> out uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's yeah. news no i'm kidding um but uh yeah um uh like like you said like the the there is a live stream when when council is in with session or if there's a there's a committee in session um uh and then there it's not immediate however you can go back and watch um watch the footage as well however that takes two hours of your time and you have to listen very carefully to what is honestly rather rather dull um, yes. back and forth conversations right at, um, at, it's, at one time speed there's no is there an option to speed it up i don't think so no oh, no it's all it's all at one time um, yeah and uh so but the, the the transparency in terms of like it being like you you can get it there and it is free and open to anyone um, on council on on the on the city's website um it's kind of an interesting place for me to be in because one of the things that i've wanted to do is to try and get it out as fast as possible but unfortunately being in my role i'm the only person who writes about city hall and i also have administrative duties as in my capacity as as one of the editors of arthur right so i mean yeah. there's things that I, I wanted to write about yesterday but uh you know given circumstances um beyond my control, um, some petty dictators and a certain student government. Um, I wasn't able to focus my energies on on what I would normally do um, and to get the yeah. content out, right? Um, content. Yeah, to get the content out. <laughs> content. Yeah, I mean, it's We're really all the content. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, I, I just want those videos of council to be available immediately after on YouTube so I can watch yes. them at two times speed and and yeah. be better informed and 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 add that to these conversations that we're having as as well um mm -hmm. it's pretty sad to me that we can get a podcast episode out before mm -hmm. they can get the raw footage of city council out up on their um, website yeah and it would yeah. be so much easier if they just like us just took the video and just popped it on youtube i don't i'm now very interested to see and i'm going to after this um see if there are any other council councils that uh just post it on youtube um because they're already yeah. posting it on their site why would they i'd be I've, very interested to see that's a that's an interesting question yeah that i've thought about just about. taking the initiative and doing it myself because i could record it as it's happening live yeah. if only a reference for myself um you know mm -hmm. i obviously you know wouldn't want it as content because it would probably like it would probably oh, like man. put my analytics way down on my YouTube yeah. channel, but yeah, you um, need a different uh, channel for it. Yeah, you know, um, but I I would really I I've considered even just taking the initiative myself and and making it available to folks uh so, somehow. I I really wish yeah. uh the city of Peterborough would would kind of get on this. Like it doesn't it's not that hard. I do it every day. You just upload a video to YouTube. It does the auto subtitling and everything. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. you know? Yeah. And you know, if they want someone to administrate that in their office from a chiefly perspective, they could mm -hmm. hire me um to to do that for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> what whatever the cao As, is going to make just double it you know? yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. content manager would like would like one step above the cao will be the person yeah. who uploads that to youtube um, i think that I, I think that's a very reasonable position yes I, totally I 
totally I think agree. they should I think they should get on that because frankly not most people are not going to go to um I mean as much as it is like I say this because I, I'm on the city council council page every single day right like looking and reading through yeah. documents right but like most people aren't right like that's not where people go to get their news um it, it's not accessible not either I I no. you say they no, say like it's... oh past meetings and it's like tw- it go, goes to like 28 or something it's yeah. it's yeah. even if, if it's there I don't even know how to find it intuitively um, that's the other thing yeah yeah um yeah unless you know what you're looking for it's very difficult to find so most of the most of the meetings that, that transpire are going to be under general committee yep um and then okay. um for anyone who's going to go back and wants to watch like the the footage um monday's meeting will be under general committee and then you have council meetings right and that's when council makes the final decisions and receives uh, uh delegations right so yeah I mean, they they do have those, right? And you can select the year. There's been 32 meetings so far this year. My goodness, like yeah. I, I I would love they they I if they really did want to, they could hire me. I would do it for a very modest wage to just put it all on YouTube. Like it needs to be on a more accessible platform, in my in my opinion. Anyways, yeah. we should really should get to some questions. We are yes, uh, yes. officially at one hour, so we are in overtime right now. Um, we Love have overtime. one person. Uh, it's me, Jackie, typo queen with fat fingers on Twitter, um, says that uh, they want us to talk about the Blue Jays, and they also want us to talk about Peterborough City Council bingo, um, which <laughs> or potentially designing our own bingo card so that we can... Uh, I don't know, play bingo alongside our, our, our followers, which, you know, sounds like fun. I don't think we have time today to talk about Blue Jays. So hold that thought. I know you're we'll a baseball fan. I'm love, a base. Yeah. I'm, love I, the Jays. I love to play baseball, but I'm not someone who like follows it actively. Um, here's another question. I don't know if Sebastian was around when Jack Doris was the mayor or counselor. What was done to honor a former mayor who passed away? We did. We did get to that. Um, and Alex Bierk is saying Bill 5. Uh, thank you so much for... Yeah. It's nice to see a counselor commenting on my Twitter thread, which is it's fun. It's pretty awesome. And I think yeah. that uh, Matt Crowley commented on one of our YouTube videos too, which is pretty fun. That is true. Yeah, counselor, we are... Counselor Crowley. We're yeah. getting into the, the, the Peterborough politics sphere. We're being acknowledged yes. by the people who are there, which is, which is fantastic. Um, Jennifer Great. Turner is saying, old news now, but I was really upset when Michelle Ferrari, Peterborough Kawartha, at council last week, complained about upcoming and long overdue liquor tax, especially in light of new data around can- cancer plus alcohol and being a destructive mm-hmm. force in lives of many. She does not contribute anything to the community. Um, so, uh, the, uh, thank you, but, Jennifer. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Uh, yes. I guess we, we should say that if you comment on these things, I will read them aloud verbatim. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, and I mean, that yeah. is something that is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, there were a couple of jokes about Michelle Ferrari worried about the price of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically that the, the, the bottles that she will consume while in her bathtub. Yeah. I was beat me to there. Beat me to saying that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is just like right out of the conservative playbook because I mean, right. As soon as she said that she also talked about fighting the carbon tax, which again has been found, um, by the Supreme court of Canada to be constitutional. So I'm not yes. quite sure where she's coming from, um, in this, but except to just, you know, parrot 
uh, the policies put forward by uh, Pierre Polyev. A lot of peas there, you know. Um, <laughs> a lot uh, of peas in that pod. That's right. Yes. Yeah, the PPP has a lot of peas. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, this is also coming out of her um her background as a, a shadow minister for tourism. Um, so she's concerned, or at least she pretends to be concerned. Um, about the fact that uh, if, if if there's this if if booze is more expensive, then less people are going to um, come to Peterborough to um, be on vacation. And you know that these these kinds of messaging around like specifically, it's and uh, Jennifer's absolutely right. Like alcohol is not, and I mean I, I'm someone who doesn't drink anymore, right? Like, yeah, me me either. I guess there's our bias. We don't drink. Yeah, yeah, and so I I, I find it uh, interesting, but I mean I'm not gonna you know, look down on anyone who who does. And, but I'm not quite certain, even if you did drink, if that would be the reason you didn't come to Peterborough um, yeah. on your vacation. I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, even when I did drink, I don't know if that would have um, barred me from the price of alcohol would not have been um, a concern for me, whether or not to come to an area. So her, her logic is uh, uh, ideological um, and that uh, doesn't really Right. It is one of those things like the price of the price of food goes up. Well, you still need food and you're going to buy it. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of the same for beer and alcohol and all of that. It's like, well, yeah. I still need to drink at the bar and yeah. I'm going to get it. And I'm still going to, there. you know, there might be other reasons not to travel to Peterborough. Um, be, exactly. You know, uh, like, I highly it, doubt that the cost of booze is going to do yeah. any, have anything to do with it. Also, yeah. if yeah. we are this tourist hub um, that uh, Michelle Ferrari is the champion of, wouldn't taxing people who come here to drink um, be a good thing for us? Wouldn't that mean we have more money to spend on stuff like attracting uh, physicians to, to work and yeah. live here? Um, you know, so yeah, a bit of an interesting thing there. Of course, it's yeah. all about the cost of living, which of course is a concern. Yeah. Um, I just don't yeah. think uh, alcohol is, is is where it's at. And as yeah. someone who's had cancer, you know, I, I would highly recommend not getting it um, yeah. uh, uh, and reducing yeah. your risk of getting it as well. The the other thing that occurs to me here is like she's talking from a position of from people who can afford to travel to Peterborough and their main concern being alcohol. When there are people for whom alcohol is actually a necessity, unfortunately, like that is their lived realities. And so there is a, a way that she could have framed this to be like, look, we need to, you know, look out for the people who are, but I mean, I'm not saying that carries any more weight, but there are, there's significant research and evidence to suggest that increasing the, the cost of things will bring down um, people's um, consumption of it. The unfortunate aspect of it yeah. is that um, people um, from, you know, economically challenged backgrounds who may be at a greater risk of developing, um, not to say that they are, but you know, it's there, there's a neither of it. It does. It does just doesn't make sense on any level. So yeah. she can't even like come at it from she's coming at it from such a place of privilege that it, it it's it's. It, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me. But uh, yeah, exactly. I think I think I think at the root of it, she's just concerned about uh, the price of her uh, uh, the one her bathtub wine. That's right. Wine, wine that she consumes in her bathtub, not wine that she makes in her bathtub. I want to be. <laughs> Yes. Although she might have to start doing that if she wants, if she's that concerned about the price of it. Who with knows? the way the prices are going, she might have to yeah. start. That is true. Or poor Michelle um, with her six kids. Someone in chat is saying that I think the rent is a bigger priority when it comes to the cost of living. And yeah, that's absolutely yeah. it. If, if you were actually uh, approaching this 
from a a intersectional lens or, or worried about the cost of living, your your top pri- priority would not uh, be the cost of champagne. Um, all right. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, uh, we're, we're definitely over time, so we should probably end it there, which means if you all stuck right. around for drama, you got duped. I'm so sorry. Ooh. You got duped. Stop being such a drama llama. You know, there's so much drama. There is so much drama. Of drama. That is true. Oh god. Um, but you can check me out, my homie Tutaro, and <laughs> we'll we'll do llama. <laughs> or sorry, we'll, we won't do llama. We'll do drama. We do drama every other day of the week, and you know, every other yeah. hour of the the week, in addition to news and stuff. So shameless self plug at the end. There's someone in chat named Drama Llama Panorama, um, who's awesome saying name. sorry in 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 chat so yeah awesome uh thank Amazing. you so much to the audience to the questions we really appreciate it thank you so much to the listeners this is going to become a peterborough institution thanks so much yes. especially to robert gibson who is in chat and keeping time for us and tells us when we need to move on to the next uh topic we oh, are thanks robert yeah, we are gathering our forces and we are becoming more organized even. Um, you might have noticed that this episode was more organized than the first two. And it's yes. it's only going to get better with time, especially if you donate to the Trent Arthur at trentarthur.ca slash donate. Um, we've had some new donate donations ever since the podcast started, which I noticed as well. Yes. Yeah, which is fantastic. And uh yeah, for many reasons that might be even more necessary, um, given That's the dark right. forces afoot at Trent University. Oh yes, and the, yeah. and the cost of the cost of booze as well. Which well, the cost of booze too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yes. You know, yeah. we gotta. You, we even though we both don't drink, you know, it's <laughs> obviously a big expense for the Arthur, the Arthur newspaper. Absolutely, we have a fully stocked, <laughs> fully stocked bar in Sadler House. That's we right. Don't, That's right. Do not we have don't. that. okay all right thank you so much sebastian thank you danny talk to you soon talk to you soon